prioritize prayer beginning of the year. Amen? And we are saying that starting off this year, we're going to do a series on favor. I believe it's time. How many has been waiting? God has given you a promise, and you've been in the waiting room waiting for the Lord's promises to come to pass. How many know this is the year of the favor of the Lord? God is going to bring to pass some of the things you've been claiming and believing God for. In our prayer meeting this morning, we had uh, time for uh, talking about the promises of God. How many know he's a promise keeper? He's a promise-keeping God. But we are promise claimers. We claim the promises. We believe the promises. We hold on to the promises of God. So we had a powerful time in prayer this morning. Come back, and tonight we'll have another powerful time, 6 o'clock in the sanctuary for our first uh, Sunday gathering. It's going to be a wonderful time of prayer and emphasis as uh, I don't know of a better way to kick off the year than to, to come together as a body and believe together. One of the things I love about Oak Grove, and you know I love you. How many of you love me? A couple of you. One of the things that I love about you is that you pray. You pray one for another. You encourage one another. And I think that uh, as I was praying on how to kick off the year, what series we're going to start with, I thought we'd start off with the, with the favor of the Lord. I believe a favor is a gift from the Lord. It's grace, right? It's, it's something you can't earn. It's grace. And so favor is seasonal. It's God pouring out his favor in his time. And how many say it's a good time right now? I want an appointment with the Lord. That's his favor. And so uh, I think you have an appointment with God's favor this year. If you will claim it, hold on to his promises, he will pour out his spirit. And uh, I believe prophecies have already been in your life, spoken over your life, and some of you are in the waiting room. Can I just tell you, the Lord is in the waiting room with you. And he is sovereign God, and he knows when to pour out his favor. And so this is the year that we're going to choose to move into that. Psalm 102 is the text this morning, 12 and 13. But you, O Lord, it says, shall endure forever. Our God, listen, listen. He had a temporary moment in time in the, in the nativity. He had a temporary time on earth, 33 and a half years. A temporary time he spent in the grave. But how many know right now he stands and lives forever enthroned in heaven? Our God is alive. I said our God is alive. You can have hope. You can believe for your season of favor because the Lord shall endure forever and the remembrance of your name to all generations. You will arise and have mercy on Zion. You will, it says, you will, for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come. Woo! I'm ready for the favor of the Lord to be touching my life. For the hand of the Lord. How many have seen the hand of the Lord moving throughout your lifetime? Seeing the Lord touching things and moving things and, and uh, navigating things and arranging things in his house, in your house, in the house of the Lord, right? He is sovereign God. He knows the right time. Another verse is Psalm 30 and verse 5. It sets me on fire. It's the text for the whole series. It says, for his anger is but for a moment. How many glad his anger is only for a moment? But his favor, his favor is for a lifetime. Say, does, Pastor, does that mean I have a favor all the time? No, look at the last part of it. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. In other words, there's a time for everything, 
right? Proverbs talks about it. Ecclesiastes talks about it. There's a time for everything. There's a time to weep. There's a time to cry. There's a time to laugh and joy and dance. So, so if you take your whole life, favor is for a whole lifetime. This morning, if you say, Pastor, I don't really like this topic. I'm not sure I'm going to enjoy this series because I'm not having a season of favor. Can I just tell you, don't quit, don't give up, hang in there, tie a knot in your guts, because our God still takes care of things. In his season, in his time. You know pastor's favorite verse is Galatians 6, 9, right? Keep on doing good, right? Do good to all the people you can, as long as you can, right? Because he will, if you don't give up, he will give you a harvest and, and reap a harvest if you do not give up. Don't grow weary in doing good. For in due season, due season. Somebody shout due season. So I'm excited for this new year. I gave you the text. It's a new opportunity to see the favor of God poured out on his people. I love it. We're pastors. We've been pastoring you 22 years this year. And it's a beautiful thing. It's sometimes sad, you know. It's sad when we go through losses. Even like today, our hearts are broken over the, the Perry family and, and Bob. He was in church last Sunday. I mean, oh, that's faithfulness. That's faithfulness. Can't hardly breathe, and he's sitting in the house of the Lord. And so we're going to miss him, and we do go through some losses and down times. Weeping does last for the night. But listen, joy comes in the morning. And if you lose perspective, if you lose hope, if you lose sight of the, of the timing of God's favor, if you think everybody's going to be, uh, that your life in 24 is going to be worse than it was in 23, then you've lost hope. But how I many know oh, it takes faith to keep hope alive? Keep hope alive. In this series, I hope to talk about obtaining favor from the Lord, finding the purpose of favor, the power of favor, uh, the role that favor plays in a life of a believer. These are big questions I hope to, to uh, achieve during this series. Today's the introductory message. Hope you're taking notes. But how do we receive favor? How do we nurture favor in our life? How do we, how do we uh, obtain it? Certainly, it's a desire of all of us to find the favor of the Lord, isn't it? I said, how many desire to find favor in your life? There we go. There you are. I know y'all so intensely, uh, com- you know, involved in the, uh, listening to the sermon. You can't respond. I get that. But a common misconception is that favor is associated with comfort and pleasure and the easy life. Obviously not. And everybody God poured out his favor on, Max, throughout the scriptures, had some struggles. Everybody deals with struggles. Everybody. There's no one exempt from pain or trial or heartache or loss. But in the right timing, in God's season, favor will come. You have to have that expectancy Pastor Danny talked about last week. Amen? And uh, and we could have preached about the favor he had on Mary. She was favored, blessed, and favored of the Lord. Did it make her better than anybody else? No. She just had an appointed time with God to carry the Lord of glory. What an awesome privilege, right? And so it's obviously not a comfort and easy life. The truth is, although favor is God's grace, it often comes alongside hardships and difficulty. Shout amen. It oftentimes comes alongside hardship. Favor is not just a, a free ride through life. It, it, it accompanies some challenges. But, uh, but God always, always 
helps us to find the Lord's favor. A common uh, a truth is that that uh, he will come alongside of us. And when it comes to favor, he determines and sets the time. Our text is very easy. He is it's time to show her favor. The appointed time has come. I believe that Melissa and I are praying for you this year. We believe that God has an appointed time. This season is coming in your life soon. You can expect it. You can claim it. You can pray. You can praise your way through the storm on the way. But how many know God's got another side of the situation that you have not seen? He has an appointed season for your favor. He's given you divine appointment, divine assignments, and purpose. You set the time of your educational career. You decide if you're going to go to school. You decide how long you're going to go to school. You decide when you're going to graduate from school. That's all your decisions, right? You decide in your career how high you want to go, how much you want to uh, uh, climb on the top of your profession. You decide when you retire, right? And so all of those are fine. But when it comes to experiencing God's favor, I mean, no, he sets the time. And just one second in the favor of the Lord, how many know that changes everything? Throughout your timeline, see, people get discouraged when they look at the whole big picture, uh, uh, or they don't understand that life comes in fragments, seasons. And if sometimes in the dark season or the tough seasons, we lose sight of the fact that another season is coming. Amen? So, so one second there, and he changes everything. For everything else, you work and you strive and manipulate the situation to get favor. But for God's favor, it comes on God's timetable. Therefore, the struggle, the biggest struggle in Christianity is waiting on the timing of the Lord, isn't it? I mean, we all know the promises. We all believe the promises. But waiting on that to come to pass can be a challenge. So Pharaoh made Joseph prime minister of all of Egypt in a meeting that took 20 minutes. But it was 26 years of trial and heartache to get to that place of promotion in the palace. You remember the story. Joseph comes out. He's just, you know, favored by his father, Jacob. He gets to send the cheese and crackers on to the brothers, you know, and the brothers don't like it. They know he's got this fancy coat of many colors. The brothers uh, are jealous. How many know the devil's jealous of your favor? Satan, sometimes your brothers can be jealous of the favor of God on your life. But how many know you got to focus on the Lord and pleasing the Lord and honoring the Lord with faithfulness, even if you're carrying cheese and crackers? Is anybody hearing me this morning? It doesn't matter how small or large your, your task, your responsibility. If you will be faithful, then favor follows faithfulness, not the other way around. And so he was faithful. His brothers uh, uh, put him in this pit. They wanted to kill him, but one brother, thank God. Uh, Reuben said, don't do that. We will be skinned alive by our father. And so so they kill this uh, this lamb or sheep, and then they put the blood on the coat and say the wolf ate him, put him in the pit. How I many know it's a very lonely in the pits of life? And you remember what Pastor Ron calls the pit, P-I-T, people in training. Come on, somebody shout with me a little while. It's in the pit where you begin to grow and learn how to have strength stamina, joy in the midst of a bad situation. But understand the timing of the favor of the Lord, please. Joseph had an appointed time of favor. When the boys put him in the pit, God already dispatched a caravan to come get him out. If you see the favor of the Lord, if you know he's going to come, then you can have joy even in the pit. 
Because God's going to work it out. How many believe God's going to work it out for you in 2024? So while he dispatched that caravan, they bought him out, brought him to Potiphar's house. And did he have a picnic there? No, he was faithful, serving every day until he became top person in Potiphar's house. And Potiphar trusted him. But his wife, you know, what happened there? Falsely accused. Listen. It doesn't matter how long you've been serving the Lord. Somebody will cross you sooner or later. Somebody will come against you. Somebody will falsely accuse you. And different things will happen. uh, Judge you wrongly. But how many know God knows your heart? And it does not negate the timing of the Lord for your season of favor. Don't worry about what everybody else says about you. Only concern yourself about what God thinks about you. And listen to your preacher today. God has a plan, a destiny. He's got providential timeline to set you up for what you are intended to do. That is the God's sovereignty. And so here he goes to prison. Wow, is that in the plan? Thank you, Jesus. I really appreciate this. First the pit, now the prison. But if you wouldn't have had all of that, here's the key through all of that in Genesis. The recurring phrase in Scripture is that the Lord was with Joseph. How many thankful that the Lord is still with you this morning? Come on, church. I need somebody to help me preach at the first of this year. Favor is on your life. You don't pull it off and put it on. It's not like God leaves you and deserts you and comes back later and forgot about you. How many know God loves you? He's got a plan for your life. But it's in these seasons of trial and trouble that he's working it out. It's just not time yet. But in a 20-minute meeting with Pharaoh, interpreting the dream, everything changed for Joseph. Here he's promoted the second in command of all of Egypt. And why? So that he can lead his own people. Not only the whole world come out of famine and poverty, but he was in leadership to bless everyone that was under his influence, including his own family, and all the Jewish people. And they finally moved in, settled in Goshen, lived a blessed life because somebody was willing to wait for the season of favor. Are you getting this today? It's a divine leading, right? It's God doing what God does, taking Joseph from the pit to the palace by his divine leading. Faithful every day, Joseph was. And favor came in one moment. Are y'all getting the point so far? So that's how God works. You look back. You see how beautiful the tapestry is beautiful, how the story unfolds. And he got Joseph ready for his divine appointment with favor and his destiny. For Joseph, some of those days seem like a stumbling block. How in the world, Pastor Ron, can you call this season I'm in favor? But if you'll hang in there and keep believing, and holding and claiming to the promises of God and the dreams that God gave Joseph. I mean, if you'll keep those dreams, God will come in his own season. And so Joseph felt like, I don't know if this is really any favor. Don't feel like favor to me, but uh, seems like stumbling blocks. But what they were actually, they were actually stepping stones, stepping stones. So don't believe the devil's lies. What the devil calls stumbling in your life, God calls stepping. Keep on marching. Keep on moving. 
Keep on believing. Keep on walking through 2024. If it doesn't unveil itself today, how many know there's hope for tomorrow? You never know what God's doing in the in-between times. I've had times in my life where I was really thinking, God, what are you doing? I can't really understand why I'm in this season, but uh, I'm going to trust you all the way through the valley of the shadow of death. How many know he will be with me? Amen? He's accomplishing God's purpose for your life. So if you're in the pit today, remember, it's training. And then, and then the prison, I don't know. I don't know. I hope you don't have to go to prison. But if I keep preaching like this, I'm sure I might. I mean, America don't like preaching like this. But as long as there's breath in me, I'm going to preach the unadulterated word of God, the truth of the word. I don't care what they say. I don't care what the naysayers say or the politically correct people say. I mean, the truth of the word of God is still the truth. Preach it, preacher. I'll visit you in jail. Hopefully you'll visit me. But don't be, don't be run over by all the bullies. Amen. For Joseph, his obedience and faithfulness in tough times catapulted him to God's favor in the palace. So it's a point, pastor. Be faithful. Press on. God has an appointed time to favor you, to fulfill your plans and purposes. Remember Jeremiah said, I've got plans for you. Not plans for evil, but good plans for you, right? I came to share with you folks this morning that God wants to work in your life in 2024. I believe he's got a season of favor, an appointment with God, a time to be blessed. It's it's favor, favor on you, favor on your children, favor on your family, favor on your future, favor on your finances. How many say today, Pastor, I could use a little bit of favor from the Lord. Grace, favor, mercy. You know, whatever it is you want, you need. If you have felt, listen, if you're, if you felt like you've been in a long battle season of dryness, maybe you've been in a battle season of limitless, you know, limited and, and you can't do it. I want you to know that heaven is declaring over your life this morning. Amen. God is moving. He has an appointment scheduled for you and heaven declares over you an appointment in due season. Heaven has already declared it. What do we need to do then, pastor? We need to align our hearts and minds with the appointment that heaven already has. We can't give up. I know this world is in a bad place. I mean, it's pessimistic, it's sour, but how many know heaven is sweet? Here is sour. I said, I can't wait to get to the sweet by and by. Bob already made it. But the problem is living in the nasty now and now. That's where the problem lies. And Satan tries to take advantage of us and take advantage of our mindset and give us a pessimistic idea. And I know it happens to all of us, but we need to wait for the favor and the timing of the Lord. Can you shout amen? Be faithful to the Lord. Encounter God this year with a fresh anointing. God wants to interrupt that cycle of pain. You know, you get in these cycles, seasons and cycles. All of life has cycles and seasons, right? Even it's all, even the weather. I'm not a meteorologist, but I know that it comes in three, right? You have, you have a, a cloud and condensation, then you have rain, precipitation, and then you have evaporation, and around it goes. Are y'all hearing me? It's called a cycle, and sometimes you can get in a, a cycle of pain, an attitude, a, a bad attitude. You can get in a cycle, a spirit. They'll come on you, and you'll just vicious spirit will go over and over again, trying to destroy your plans that God made for you. 
your destiny. And you got to shake yourself. Somebody say, shake yourself. Get out of that cycle of pain you're in. He wants to heal the trauma. He wants to restore the joy. You have a divine appointment and it's soon. And the Holy Spirit's waiting in your waiting room to fulfill that. You think about that. Listen, with all that said, Psalm 512 says, For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround them as with a shield. The shield in the Word of God is a symbol of the Word of God, right? Right? The shield, He is our shield, He is our, our sword. He is our shield of faith. Shield of faith, sword is the word of God. So he will surround you like a shield. In other words, God will shield you in your downtimes from negative mindsets. Because, see, there's something that gets in your mind, but it doesn't have to set. Now, D, he's worked with cement. D Forrester worked with cement his whole life, and he knows what it means to have cement to be set. Right, D? So you have all had poured cement in your driveway. And if you want to put your baby's handprint in the corner of the driveway, you better do it while it's wet. Because once it's set, it's not going to make any imprint. Is anybody hearing me today? So what happens is you have this negative mind thought, but if it becomes set, nothing can penetrate through that. And you have to set your mind on Jesus. How I many know you have to set your heart and your mind on heaven, on eternity, on the plans of God, on the purposes of God? You need to set your face like a flint toward the destination and the destiny God has planned for you. Don't give up in the down times. And so he says, you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround them with a shield. So notice this. How, uh, who, does, who does the giving? It's the Lord. It's the Lord who blesses. The righteous. Are you hearing me? So who does the receiving? It's the righteous who does the receiving. Have you learned? And hopefully in 2024, at the end of this series, you'll open your heart and your mind to learn how to receive, how to obtain the favor of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich. Doesn't mean monetarily. I mean, no, God can give you peace. Peace is, is like the most valuable thing a person can have. Money can buy you a mattress, a good one, but only peace can give you sleep. Are you seeing the difference there? There's nothing temporary down here that's going to be get, uh, given to you that's going to sustain you temporarily more than the supernatural peace of the Lord. And so he's going to surround you with a shield. The righteous are receiving it. The righteous, those who are born again, those who are redeemed, those who are saved. Would you let the, the redeemed of the Lord say so this morning? Is there anybody here saved? Give the Lord a praise then. You are the redeemed. You are the people of God. You are God's chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Look at your neighbor and say, you are very royal. <laughs> and so, so you're a, who have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. So if you're always walking around in darkness and defeat, then pessimism will get a hold of you. And so any followers of Jesus here this morning? Second Corinthians 5.21, for he, God, made him Jesus, who knew no sin, to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. In 
him in Jesus. So who are the righteous? You are. You are the saved. You're the blood-bought church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're not the church in trouble. You're the church triumphant. We live in victory. How, pastor? We wait in the presence of the Lord for the blessing of the Lord. We wait for the purpose and plans of God to be fulfilled in his timing. Amen? And so he's surrounding us with divine favor, grace. What is the blessing? It's grace to the righteous, unmerited favor. That's all it is. And so he's surrounding us with divine favor, his presence, his power, his purpose, his plans. He's working it out. Somebody shout, he's working it out. He's working it out. So that's how I made it this far. I don't know how you made it this far, but if it wouldn't be for the favor of the Lord, I wouldn't be here today. And neither would you. And I'm sure Joseph had a mini opportunity to get discouraged. I'm sure he felt like taking advantage when his brothers got there. He wanted to probably give to them what they gave to him. But how many know that's not the will of the Lord? He stayed happy. He stayed holy. He stayed healthy. He stayed faithful. And God showed up. In his timing. So that was the key. Amen? That's how we make it. It's huge. The key to victory in this life is to walk in the favor of God. The fog. The favor of God. Somebody talked to me the other day. A long long time ago, they were at Oak Grove. And I was talking to them. They said, Pastor, it was a student back in 2005. and, uh, And they were here during CBC. And they said, Pastor, I still remember when you talked about the fog. Walking in the fog. I said, really? Wow, somebody listens. Imagine that. So I know you're listening. You don't have to always respond. I know you're listening. But walking in the favor of God, sometimes it's not easy to see. It's foggy. Just because you can't see and it's dark or foggy doesn't mean he lifted his favor. But when the fog lifts, how many know the favor is still there? So as we start out this year, Let's define favor real quickly. I've got about 10 more minutes, and then I have a gift for you, and you can enjoy on the way out today, all right? So favor can be defined as receiving God's special blessings, God's special affection and influence that others will be inclined to work with you. Others will be inclined to cooperate with you. Others will be inclined to get with you for God's plans and purposes. That's awesome. Amen? In other words, God's love for you places you in places and promotes you in things and blessings that are not deserved. Are you hearing me? We didn't deserve it. Grace is not uh, something we deserve. It's unmerited favor. So he sets you up for blessings. Favor works in you. It's his power and purpose working things out in your life, giving you victory, giving you power, needed power for breakthrough. How many's ever been in your journey with the Lord where you needed the favor of the Lord to give you breakthrough power? Uh, you need a breakthrough before you have a breakdown. Can somebody shout about that? You're not, should, you shouldn't be anticipating breaking down in 24. You should be anticipating breaking through. And God's going to open doors no man can shut and shut doors no man can open. Is anybody getting encouraged this morning? This thing called favor is a big deal. It's a big deal. And, and even over the enemy, the Lord can help you, over obstacles that come by. So, so it's mentioned over 70 times in the Word of God, favor, favor, favor. I don't know how we can miss it. And, and, uh, and God used ordinary people in great ways. 
by allowing his favorite anointing to touch their lives. So, so I want to switch gears just a little bit second on this, on this first lesson because there are a lot of misconceptions. Favor doesn't always look the way you think it should look. In fact, the longer I lead and the longer I serve the Lord, nothing seems to look like the way I think it ought to look. <laughs> I'm asking God every day, wow, I thought I knew something. And the longer I live and lead, the less I know. But I still know the one who does know. Amen. So when you're looking at God and asking for this is what some people are doing today. Many in the church are asking for favor. But what they're really meaning is they want favors from the Lord. I know there's a big difference between asking God for favors and asking God for his favor. Are you hearing me? So a lot of People are treating God as if he's some kind of shopping list. I go to prayer and ask him to give me this, give me that, and, uh, and just keep the list going because he's always giving me favors, giving me, give me, give me, give me, give me. I mean, oh, sooner or later, you got to turn that thing around. Turn that mindset around. He blesses your faithfulness. It doesn't matter how many, it doesn't matter how much, if you will be faithful, even in the little things, how many believe God will pour out his favor on you? So you don't have to have the biggest church or the biggest increase in salary. You don't have to have the biggest position in your job or the, or the, or the highest position anywhere. All you need is to be faithful where you are. And so many people are missing that. It's a big difference. So another definition to help us here is God's favor is, is a guarantee of his presence, his provision, his power to accomplish his divine purpose in your life. That's, that's what's going on. I love this. It's the scripture we use, and I'm going to use it all the whole series. You, O Lord, will bless the righteous with your favor, and you will surround them with a shield. In the right time, if if the darts are coming, Brother Jim, if the darts are coming at you, he will shield you from the enemy's darts. That's his promise. And favor is going to be with you when the battle is over. He will send the victory. Amen? He allows his favor and anointing to touch us. To lead us. And so his, his, it doesn't mean a life of ease, but many times your life could get harder. Sometimes when you face favor, it's a guarantee life is going to get tough because Satan puts a target on your back and doesn't want you to fulfill the plans of God. He knows you'll be a threat to the kingdom of the, of the darkness. So, so it sometimes becomes harder. Noah found favor or grace in the eyes of the Lord. In the form of an, of an ark. God asked him to build an ark. Are you hearing me? Old Noah built the ark to preserve the world. God had a plan. It wasn't just to save Noah and his family. I mean, no, this thing's not just about you. That's why it's so unclear sometimes. That's why we can't always focus because we think everything's about us. But God's got a bigger plan. He's got a bigger plan. He's got a destiny. You might be in the pit today, but just learn while you're in the pit because the palace is coming. You just got to get ready for that. The caravan's already been dispatched to get you out. I hope you're catching this today. How I many know oh, it's a new day? He had to build the ark. He had to obey God. He had to preach. He had to go through the flood before the new day came. A lot of heartache and persecution with that favor that he found. A lot of persecution. And what about Joseph? We already mentioned. Faced troubles everywhere he went. He had the favor of God, for the Lord was with him in every season. What about Ruth and Naomi? I love that story. And maybe through our series, we'll pick some out 
and get a little deeper into their story. But Naomi lost her husband. Ruth and Orpah lost their husbands. Everybody lost, 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 lost. And so discouraged, Naomi said, you know what, uh, call me Mara, right? Because I'm bitter. I mean, you know, you have a choice when troubles come your way. You can allow your spirit to get bitter or you can keep on believing God for his appointed favor. And Ruth uh, and Naomi said, I've got to get back to the house of bread. I've got to get back to Bethlehem. I should have never left Bethlehem. How many know when you leave Bethlehem for Moab, you can just write it down. Troubles over there should have stayed in the house of bread. Amen. Shout amen. You should stay where the provision of bread is given by the Lord. If you leave the place of bread, you could have troubles. But sovereignly, she went over there because God has an appointed time. Listen to this. Had she not gone to Moab, she wouldn't have met Ruth. How many glad that Ruth is a person that we can all understand and relate to outside of the covenant people? in a land that is away from God, worshiping and serving other gods. But God somehow got uh, uh, Naomi and her husband over there. No matter what brought them there, famine brought them there. But how many know the favor brought them back? Oh, if anybody's tweeting anything, somebody needs to tweet that. If famine brought you out of the will of God, how many know favor can get you back? So anyway, she was heading back to the house of bread. Orpah said, I'm not going back there. She lost hope. I'm staying here. But Naomi uh, was had another daughter-in-law, and she said, hey, I'm going with you. Your God's going to be my God, and your people's going to be my people. I see a touch of God on your life. She, she saw hope that there was something over there in Bethlehem, something over there in Bethel. She's going back for provisional purposes in the providential care of God. Naomi takes her daughter-in-law, Ruth, and along the way, I love this story. Ruth chapter 2, verse 2. says, uh, and when they saw the, those people reaping the harvest in Boaz's field, uh, Ruth said, uh, Naomi said, hey, let's, uh, let's stop and glean some of the fields. And it was the law, right? The law was to leave some of the grain in the corners of the field for those who were poverty stricken. So let's stop and maybe, and maybe in the same verse you have personal responsibility and divine sovereignty. I love it, Max. Personal responsibility and divine sovereignty all in one verse. Naomi says, hey, let's make a decision in a direction. Let's go this way and do this. And maybe by chance. How many know there's nothing by chance? Not for the believer. The Lord would have favor on us. And they find Boaz. How many know it's a serious story? It's a powerful story. I don't have time today. You're looking at me strangely. I'm going to keep on moving. But we don't even have time to talk and tell you all the woes of, of Ruth and Naomi. In fact, she said, call me Mara. Uh, my life is not pleasant anymore. It's a season of loss, darkness. But when she went to the right place, how I many know she got the right thing? And so, uh, and so favor came. Things turned around because they met Boaz. Can I tell you the greatest favor you'll ever experience if you're here today without Jesus Christ? The greatest favor you'll ever experience is meeting the King, Christ Jesus. How many know he'll turn your life around? How many's found Jesus to turn your life around? If he never did another thing, how many's glad to have your sins forgiven and your name written down in the Lamb's book of life? Salvation comes to those who come to Christ, King Jesus. That's all the favor we really need. 
But this is what's happening. The common theme here. None of them would have done anything for God without God's favor on them. That's true for us today. We need the favor of the Lord. We need to make an appointment in 2024 to do what he's called us to do, to walk in the plans that he has for us. And while you can't make it happen or manipulate it, I mean, it's God's gift. We can better position ourselves to receive and expect the favor of the Lord, for him to bring it in his time. When will it come in my life, Pastor? That's a good question. Psalm 30 and verse 5, his favor lasts a lifetime. He will release favor to you when it's time. In other words, in the providential care of God, in his sovereign plan, he has an appointed time to pour out his favor. For Mary, it was uh, when the fullness of time came, right? That young Jewish girl uh, conceived and brought forth a son, and they called his name Jesus. I know Christmas has passed, but how many know the glory of God is not? Is still our Savior. Amen? What is favor? It's God's attitude of goodness towards you. It's the willingness, the desire, the participation of God to help you advance or obtain something you need to accomplish his kingdom purpose. That's, that's what favor is. I don't know if you've ever been to a party. Let me see how much I missed. There's a lot of def- definitions I missed. If you didn't get them, I'll give you a second here. How many's ever been to a party, and after the party, you got a party favor? Anybody? Usually for kids, you go to a party and they give you a little bag, and then you don't get that until you leave the party. Let me let me say that again. You don't get the party favor till the party is over. But here in America, the church in America, they want all the pay, party favors without attending the party. I'm just telling you, that's not how it goes. I've been to many parties. I've got three grandkids. We've got a party every week, it seems like. Somebody's got a birthday, and then here it comes again. I've had all the birthdays I plan to have. No more for me. At 60, I stopped. So favor is God's presence working in your life, right? It's a whole, you're joining the team. You're having the journey. You're in the the relationship with the Lord, right? And so it was never intended for our convenience, for his purposes. And I'll keep going because I don't, uh, I didn't do none of that. I'm done. But when you go to a party, you get the party favor at the end, on the way out the door. That's the point. And uh, so, so you just got to hang in there. Amen. <laughs> Listen to me. Uh, I got some friends that are going to help me pass out some favors this morning. Chrissy, you got some people. I got a little party favor, very economical. All of you are going to get one. If you got a basket, go ahead and give those party favors away. And, uh, and don't, don't blow the horn. Don't blow the horn just yet. It's a party favor. It's New Year. I said, how many know it's a new year, a new opportunity, and the sermon is almost over. Don't get your party favor and run out the door. That's what America does. We're going to get together on this party favor, and everybody's going to enjoy it. But I just wanted to make the point through this silly little illustration, you have to stay for the journey. You have to stay in the field of Boaz if you want the favor from the king. What would have happened, people, if Naomi and Ruth decided they weren't going to stay there? But the king said, stay in the field. Glean all you want to. In fact, he invited them into a further uh, anointing and, and, and relationship, became the kinsman redeemer. And so, and so you can't come and expect a favor without the commitment. I'll say it again. You can't expect the favor without a commitment to the relationship. The favor that they give at parties is just kind of like a little 
thank you, right? Betty Jo, you've done that. It's a little thank you. Thank you for coming to my child's party. Here's a little something out the door. How many know that God has an appointed favor for you? Not favors, not party favors, not something you to play with, blow the horn. That's just the illustration today. But if Naomi didn't stay in Boaz's field, she would not have had Boaz's favor. This party is not over, Oak Grove. I said, as long as, as we are still here, how many know there's still work to be done? There's still praises to be sung and work to be done, giving to be given. Uh, you know, there's lots of stuff left to do. And even if you're having a season that's tough, how many know God wants to let you know he has favor for you? You have to expect it. You have to commit to it. You got to hang in there. Stay to the end. Hold on. Stay close to Boaz. And how many know whatever Boaz has, you will have. See, the culture wants everything Boaz the king has without a commitment to the relationship with the king. That's the culture of American church. They want to party, party, party. Right? And everything's going well for you in this season. Then when we get ready to blow these little trumpets you got in your hand, (laughs) it's going to be a celebration. Maybe the walls will come down in your life. Thank God for the tangible favor you're feeling, but, but don't feel entitled. Come on, somebody say amen for that. Don't feel entitled. You don't deserve it because we don't earn it. And without God, it's impossible to make it. Keep on walking. Keep on remaining in the favor and the blessing of the Lord. But if, but if, but if favor seems to be hard to find right now in your life, now listen to me, church. Some of you are here today and you're in a dark season. Don't quit. Be encouraged by this. I hope this whole series encourages you. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't give in. Your season is coming. Favor is never bound by your circumstance. Favor can find you even in the valley of the shadow of death. If you feel stuck right now, stuck in a dysfunctional home, stuck in abusive relationship. Stuck in a dead-end job. A lot of people just feel stuck. Stuck in a culture that's messed up. His favor will find you right where you are. Amen? So don't give in. Don't give up. Jesus is waiting for you in the, in the waiting room. Would you stand for, uh, for a minute? Now, how many have got your little party favor? Who didn't get one? Balcony might not have got one. Balcony didn't get one. They didn't get one. Hey, I'm sorry about that. That's all right. We'll get you one on the way out the door there. Good. Happy New Year to you. Glad to have you all. Uh, see if you got it. See if your little party favor works. I got it at the dollar store. So, Oh, please. Oh, please. Please. No, no, no. Please. Please. That That's sad. Sound like a bunch of quacking ducks. We'll try it again in a minute. Just hold on to that. That did not bless me whatsoever. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a whole lot of favor. It's surely not a shofar, is it? It's the best I can do. <laughs> but you're waiting on the Lord. His favor will find you. A favor for staying to the end of the journey. Are you in the waiting room this morning? Pay attention. Listen, if you're in the waiting room, your season is coming. If you're here this morning, say, Pastor, I'm in the waiting room. Let me see your hand. I'm in the waiting room. I've been trying, I've been praying, I've been believing, I've been trusting and claiming the promises, but I haven't seen, I haven't seen the answer, the results. Come on, lift your hand really high in the waiting room. I want you to know this, that you have to pay attention 
to what is right in front of you. God will speak to you in the waiting room. He will give you instructions to get you to the next open door situation. He doesn't give all the details for the whole journey. He just takes you one little step at a time. You can't give up if you're in that place. Pay attention. The next thing is when you pray for favor, he responds with opportunity. And sometimes it's right in front of you. Obey today on the way to your season of favor, to your ultimate destiny. It may come in the storm. It may come in the form of a little simple instruction from the Lord. Get back to Bethel, to the house of bread. Forgive your brothers for their situation they put you in. Your obedience will determine whether or not you walk in the fog, the favor of the Lord. Imagine what would have happened if the distractions would have kept Noah from building the ark. What if Ruth would have not gone with Naomi? Seize the moment. Carpe diem, friends. Take advantage of what's right in front of you. The time of your favor is now. What would happen if Joseph got bitter? It's not about you. It's about who's living inside of you. Wherever he leads, how many know that's where his favor is going to be found? David figured it out. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In fact, I love the favorite thing. I love what David said. He was older, and he said, uh, um, he said, I was young, and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God's seed begging for bread. Could you lift your hands to the Lord this morning? Come on, just a second. Some of you might be in a dark place. Some of you might need prayer. Before we go blowing these little whistles and all that, we need to take care of some business. Maybe some mercy needs to come to your life. Maybe some goodness needs to be uh, uh, put into your life. The altar is open. Bring your little party favor. Bring your family. Come and make this an altar to celebrate the new year. A fresh favor on my life. A new season on my life. A new opportunity. A new day to walk in his divine plans and purposes. I want you to make your way this way. Come on, bring your little party favor.